Are you taking a reactive or proactive approach to your taxes? Do you wait until the year is over and hope for the best when tax time comes around? Is your business taking accurate tax deductions and receiving all the tax credits you deserve? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we will answer these questions and many more. So sharpen your pencil and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. I wish everybody a simply wonderful day. Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. This is show number 48, and the ride just keeps on going. We certainly appreciate a worldwide audience. Yes, throughout the United States, China, and Europe, it's just wonderful to see so many people apparently interested in taxes in the United States. We appreciate how you can listen to this podcast on various platforms, including like iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, across the board, making it easy to be able to find us when you want to get some good and accurate tax information, whether it be for your personal use or to apply in your business. We also broadcast this live across Facebook, uh, the Facebook page for Cash Tracks Financial. So you're encouraged to visit that page, check out our other videos and check out our other uh, podcast that we also post there on a regular basis. Now, everyone who listens to this podcast and everyone in general is invited to call me Marcelino Dodge. I'm an enrolled agent, which means I'm licensed directly by the IRS to do tax returns, which is what's really nice for you as a listener to this is that whether you're an individual or a business, doesn't matter which of the 50 states you live, because of being licensed by the IRS, I can help you in some tax planning. I can also help you in tax preparation, help you to work on helping you either be successful, whether it be individually or it be in your business, because we want to help people to make tax time less taxing by planning ahead. And we still have some time because this is being recorded uh, in mid-November. So there's still some time to take some action before the end of the year, whether your individual or business to be able to maybe make some adjustments to try to reduce any potential tax liability, as well as be aware that if you're receiving advanced child tax credits, that could be reducing your tax refund for next year. So you got to be aware of that as well. And we can discuss all this in a free mutual exploration session to see if our tax planning, our year-round services, see if those are for you. And if we're a good fit for us to be able to help you to be successful financially, and you can always email, which is success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Also, you can call me, which is 844-394-4287 with our website, is cashtracksfinancial.com, which is, uh, we have a website now, but we're also redeveloping that. So we're going to have something real exciting here in the next uh, few weeks on our website. So look forward to that as well. Again, you can contact me to get schedule your free mutual exploration session. Today on the program, what I'm going to go ahead and discuss with you is, did you do your own taxes with do-it-yourself software? Did you forget something? Did you? Well, you don't know if you forgot anything because usually you don't find out if you forgot something on your tax return till you get a notice, which is usually a CP2000 notice from the IRS saying, oh, by the way, you forgot to report this income, which is what the majority of the time it is. You forgot to report this income on your tax return. And usually that notice can arrive six to 12 months later because someone issued a 1099 of some sort for some work that you did. Maybe you never got the 1099 or maybe you forgot a W-2 and the IRS is saying, okay, here's additional tax that you owe us. Or maybe a credit was miscalculated. It could be any number of, of areas, but what do you do? Well, we're going to come back to that in just a moment, because in about a month and a half, what I term as the season of do-it-yourself tax software ads is coming, and they get ever more creative with these ads every year, saying that uh, we're going to have a tax expert uh, perhaps do your taxes. We have this very thorough line of questions that's going to help you to prepare your tax return. 
which in many cases, what does that do? Well, that makes you as a taxpayer feel and think, which is very understandable, that I'm going to rely upon this software. It's going to ask me the questions and it's going to put everything in the right place for me so that when I file my tax return, it's going to be right. It is going to be accurate. Well, one thing I can honestly say as a tax professional helping people for 20 plus years prepare their tax returns accurately is that the software is not always correct. And to know whether the software is correct, you really got to be able to understand the terminology and the tax rules and tax laws. So if you're relying purely on the software, you you could have some mistakes on it, as well as depending on how you answer the questions. I mean, you may be answering the questions exactly right, or you may misanswer one in a certain way. And then what could happen is something gets placed in the wrong spot on the tax return, and then that's where you can run into trouble. So certainly it's some good points to keep in mind is that if you're relying upon do-it-yourself software to do it completely correct, as a tax professional, I'd say uh, that's not a good idea. Now, for some sim- real simple returns, it could be great. But when you get into more uh, complicated things, like say you have a small business or you have rental properties or you have a farm, that's where you can often get into trouble and have stuff put into the wrong place because you just don't have a full understanding and Basically, you're relying upon the software. Something else to keep in mind is that many of these will be advertising, use our software for free to prepare your tax return. Guess what? It's not always free or not as free if you hit into certain forms. And so I don't get into that very deeply. I just want to provide that information to you so that if you do try to go that route, beware that it's not necessarily going to be free because if they, when you answer the questions, and it gets to a certain point is to say, oh, wait a minute, you're going to need this certain form on your tax return. So now we're going to, going to charge you whatever the amount is. So it's just something to be in mind as you start seeing in a, like say about a month and a half, all these ads are going to say how you can do your taxes yourself. So, but there's some warning labels that I put on that is because I can't count over the last 20 years, the issues that I personally have had to correct from do-it-yourself tax returns on a so-called free tax software. Some of these issues that I've had to correct range from perhaps selling a house to a small business, to a farm, to rentals, some of the areas that I've already mentioned. Many times individuals come in they have a notice from the IRS and I initially question them because I didn't initially, I, d- I didn't do the tax return originally and I asked questions. And of course, in these situations, I do get paid a fee because I didn't do the tax return and because we're helping them to take care of a matter. There's notices that come from the IRS and many times these are unclaimed income or understated income. And they say, well, I, I didn't know what to do with this 1099. Well, and the software should have done it for me. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, but obviously the software didn't do it for you and it didn't end up in the right place. Or maybe you just forgot that you did something, whatever whatever the job it was, or maybe you took money out of a retirement plan. Because one of the issues I've had come up in the past is somehow someone did a tax return with a retirement plan, which you get a 1099R on that. And I'm not exactly sure what they did, but somehow they tried to put it on the tax return that the retirement income was not taxable. And it's like, well, wait a minute, what? And they, and anyway, it was originally filed with them getting all of their withholding back. Then a few months later, when the taxpayer uh, got the notice from the IRS, they had to pay back what they got because it was entered incorrectly into the do-it-yourself software. And then it was all all set. It was corrected and the taxpayers moving forward. So things can get put in very incorrectly. Now, of course, here within our internal procedures, uh, 
we have those errors that are avoided through the internal procedures, through the constant review process. Uh, and I know what I'm looking for to make sure, and I go in and make sure those types of errors are not made. Also, perhaps one thing that some people don't realize is that when you misreport and get a notice from the IRS, it can be six months, it can be about a year later. Guess what also you'll get? You'll often get a notice from a State Department of Revenue. I know in the state of Colorado, those usually follow about six to 12 months after a notice from the IRS. And so we always try to work to get that proactively taken care of with, with the state. So if we know there's underreported income and a person's coming to me and said, hey, uh, I got this from the IRS, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I always warn them, guess what? You're also going to get a notice from the state. So let's jump on that now so that you don't get that notice from the state. Because what will happen, if you wait and don't make the correction with the state months later, well, when they send you that notice, they're going to add on interest. They're going to add on penalties because you didn't fix it right away. And so that's something also to keep in mind that do-it-yourself software doesn't always tell you, oh, by the way, you may need to fix the state as well. Another area is incorrect deductions. And not so much that it gets it back on the IRS from you, but what it has to do when I've seen these tax returns come in, especially ones from individuals who have small businesses and done them for years, there's incorrect deductions, especially in the fact what they've been doing is they've been, they've been taking many personal related expenses that are not deductible on the tax return, somehow thinking that they can take those deductions on the business. I've seen where certain equipment that should fall under the depreciation category, which I'll talk more about later in the program, it's deducted like an expense. It's like, well, wait a minute. That is not to be deducted as an expense. There's another way you do that. And we're going to kind of just scratch the surface later on depreciation because it's a very, very complicated subject, which is why if you have a small business, you really need to be taking it to a tax professional to save you a lot of headaches. And so just want you to keep in mind that if you want to try to do it yourself software, you're really taking a chance, especially if you have anything like a small business, a farm, rental properties, because you could be missing deductions. You could also be over deducting personal expenses that are not considered a deduction that could actually get uh, thrown out in an audit. They could say, that's not a business related expense that you deducted. And thus, because you deducted that, you're going to have to now pay self-employment tax and perhaps income tax, penalties, interest for your over-deducting of this. So just areas to keep in mind as you look at that, because once again, when you're going through, through it, you're often relying on the software. And because of that, there's more likely errors going to be on the return. And one thing we always keep in mind is that, and I always warn people of, is that Schedule C which is a sole proprietor, those are actually audited more at a higher percentage rate than corporations are. Uh, because I would guess, I'm thinking is because too many people think, well, I can take all of these individual expenses or all of this stuff becomes deductible because I have a business. Well, no, not everything in your home because it becomes a deduction. And there are th some legal deductions, especially if we talk about like office in the home, which when properly calculated and done according to the rules can definitely be a deduction for the business. So this is where it's going to lead me into my next area I'm going to talk about here is what is the difference between a tax preparer and a tax professional? Many times as you gather your paperwork together and you decide, well, I'm not going to try this do-it-yourself software. I just want to take it in to have somebody prepare my tax return. And that's great. We really appreciate that. But there are, in, depending on the individual you go to, though, it's going to, it's the results as far as assistance that you really need and knowledge you're going to get is going to vary. Because there are a tax preparer. Well, what's a tax preparer? Well, a tax preparer is an individual who simply takes the information that you gave them, takes your W 2s, takes your 1099s, and perhaps if you have a Schedule C, just takes like the information you bring in and just say, okay, here's the information. I want to plug it into the tax software. And then here's the result. 
And then they have you sign the forms, perhaps pay the fee, and then just send you on out the door and saying, okay, here's either your refund or here's what you owe. That is what a tax preparer does. What does a tax professional do? Well, the contrast is very, very broad because I consider myself a tax professional. And I do so because someone brings in information to me. I'll sit there and I'll look at it. And there's various forms that they have when one's come in to see me uh, because there's due diligence requirements I have as a tax professional, which means if you're filing as a household, if you have children, there's certain questions I need to ask, certain information I need to gather because I need to answer questions on the tax return as well so that I, as a tax professional, avoid preparer penalties from the IRS. So I ask these questions. And I get the accurate information from individuals. And that's oftentimes even before I got to the tax return information that I go through this, just to make sure that whatever the individual is claiming or wanting to claim on their tax return, uh, head of household status or, or children that they have, just making sure everything is accurate and right. Because I look out as a tax professional, not only for myself in signing the tax return, but I look out for the individual or the business that is coming to me to prepare that tax return because they're relying upon my knowledge. They're relying upon my expertise to be able to do this so that in the event, if they do get audited, that we will protect them. We, well, we will do our best to assist them during that time, as well as even more importantly, I would say, is prevent them from being audited by avoiding various red flags that can come up in various situations. So, we just want to be, be very clear that we're going to do these. And a tax professional does a step further. They'll look at the W-2s, uh, maybe perhaps say, uh, oh, I see you have a 401k player plan. Is there, have you considered maybe uh, increasing your contributions to that? Or if you get a raise this year, can you take that raise and just put it to, towards your 401k? Just little, little tidbits like that to help them to reduce their tax return. Or if you're looking at a business and you have, a profit and loss statement they bring in or just some type of uh, calculations, whatever they bring in. Uh, do you go over those? Does it t- I go over those with individuals to help them to see that, okay, here's, uh, these are good expenses here. Very nice how you're doing it. This is what you can do better to be able to take more deductions more accurately. Also a tax professional will say, oh, by the way, you got these auto expenses. Do you have a mileage log? Are you keeping that? And they're like, some many times will say, well, what's that? Why do I need to do that? Well, I'll say, well, the reason that you need to do a mileage log simply is because the IRS on audit will be, look, will be looking for it. Now, usually a mileage log will be very much necessary if you're claiming a lot of expenses, but I recommend everybody claim, everybody have a mileage log because whether you claim the actual expenses of the vehicle or you claim... Uh, just the mileage, uh, standard mileage amount, you got to have a mileage log either way. And so it's always good to do that, which is something, once again, some software not will not always ask you about, do you have the mileage log? It may, it may ask how many miles do you have, but it doesn't have, but does it ask about my uh, mileage log? And so, and then there's other areas uh, that I go into as a tax professional with individuals making suggestions, part of our tax planning process, which is why when I open up or talk to a business initially, I'll talk to them and say, this is what, this is what we can do. This is what uh, we are able to do for you, which is oftentimes what happens during our, few, our free mutual exploration session that uh, we can have, which is, is an hour by video conference or in person, depending what the situation is, to be able to find out and see if if our services can help, because as a tax professional, that is what I try to do and really what I endeavor to do and really what any tax professional, in any individual you're choosing to go with to do your tax return, they should be inquiring, they should be helping, they should be making suggestions. And my big uh, pet peeve for me is that, is that tax professional available year around? Because I provide year around service, whether one's enroll in my uh, various programs that allows uh, various uh, allows you to uh, not pay any additional fees for various services, 
or if you're just on a, another plan, which is called a reporting only plan, where you pay each time you come in to visit. So it just depends. But we are year, we are here year round, and I do help once to resolve tax issues, uh, to be able to plan and look forward to the year, and as well as businesses helping them to realize, you know, maybe we need to be making estimated payments. So again, why is it so concerning for us to be able to make sure that if you're doing your own tax return on do-it-yourself software, why is that such a concern? For me, it's, it's a really big concern, especially for those who have a sole proprietorship, because the software makes it seem so easy to do the tax return, but yet it's not so easy, at least for most individuals. Income is oftentimes the big issue. Yes, income either misreported or underreported. And one of the big issues that's going to be happening this year is with 1099s, especially 1099Ks, which most individuals who do their own tax returns on do-it-yourself software, many of them are going to receive a 1099K this year if they've done any selling like on eBay or Etsy or, or any online marketplace, they're going to be getting a 1099K if they sold more than $600 of products on there and had income like that. They're going to be like, well, what am I going to do with this? Well, that's where the tax professional comes in to help clarify that uh, when they prepare your tax return. And so that's something you don't want to be missing. And when one's due as a sole proprietor, while those who get the 1099K may not be a sole proprietor, it may just be a hobby but that still can become reportable income. Back on the sole proprietorships though, oftentimes income is misreported because sole proprietors, especially if they have credit card machines, will be getting a 1099K as well. And then how do you balance that with other 1099s and other income sources? See, that's going to be a careful balance. It's going to have to need to be done. Now, one thing that is such misleading and misinformation out there, people don't get is that, well, and I hear this. I hear this to this day. People say, well, I was paid in cash, so I don't have to report it. Well, guess what? That is wrong. You were paid in cash. You need to keep records. It is reportable. Trader bartering is also reportable as income. You got to keep good records, some type of sales book, however you do it, whether you use an app on your phone or you use some type of ledger, whatever you do, you got to keep good records of your income, not just, not just rely upon the 1099s that people may or may not send you during the year because individuals, other individuals who you do work for may not realize that they have a 1099 reporting requirement because they paid you over $600, but individuals who do send you a 1099, you need to make sure you have those and just make sure you count your income because it is so often underreported. Now, another deal, of course, as I mentioned, especially for sole proprietors is expenses. Oftentimes, I mentioned auto expenses, which you got to have an auto log, um, a mileage log to report those expenses, whether you go actual or if you go uh, the mileage amount, whichever you go, you still got to have the mileage log. That is absolutely essential. Then there's other expenses that you perhaps missed. Maybe some advertising or maybe some rent that you paid for equipment or maybe taxes, supplies, uh, maybe meals. There are so many areas that, that can be missed that one's realized, oh, that, oh, that's a deduction. Yeah, the home office. Uh, certain rules apply for the home office as well. So then those are all very, very important considerations to think about. Another area, though, that I see where there is so often mistakes on sole proprietorship tax returns. Yes, that has to do with certain equipment purchases, like they, they purchased a special vehicle or, or paid $3,000 or more for, for equipment. And then I've seen this on the tax returns. I'll see under the other expenses, well, service truck or whatever, whatever piece of equipment they purchased there, 5000 8000 whatever it was. Well, guess 
what that does not go under those expenses. There's a whole other place called depreciation where that goes. And it's one of those areas where if you don't, where if it gets audited and the IRS, okay, well, I'll verify that. I'll say, oh, well, the IRS will come back and say, well, wait a minute, that's in the wrong spot. That needs, that's an item that needs to be depreciated. And so that can also be misplaced, although it's easy to do, easy to put it there, but it's just not right. Now, it's also of a concern if you're going into farming, which is even, which I'm in, in some ways is a little more complicated than uh, having a Schedule C sole proprietorship because you've got areas such as sales of livestock that you bought for resale because some individuals will go to the sale, they'll buy calves at, at a certain price, they'll raise them, feed them, and then they'll take them back to the sale a few months later or maybe a year later, just depending on circumstances, and then they'll sell them. Well, that's all, that's all tracking and that all fits in there. You got to make sure you have, okay, I bought these ones for resale and I'm selling them now and making sure that all those numbers are correct. So there's tracking required there, of course. Then if you've got livestock you're raising and crops that you're raising, making sure those are all calculated. And in some cases, there may be some deferment possible. You got government payments that kick in when you have a farm. Those uh, need to be properly uh, in, uh, properly uh, also counted. Crop insurance, if you're raising crops, uh, as well as various other sources of uh, income like custom harvesting. Then there's a whole lot of expenses involved in farming if you're trying to do that and do it yourself that, that you could just miss that may not be there. Now, one thing that makes a farm different from other, other types of uh, entities is that when you're farming though, and you got a farm vehicle if you're going to claim 75% of the expenses, you can, you, you can claim that of your vehicle on the farm without having a mileage log. And that is certainly a very nice part to know and very good to know, but makes it a little easier, but which might be missed. And then, and then of course, on the farming, same issue comes up with farm equipment is making sure proper depreciation is taken. You have a rental house? Have you tried to do your taxes and have just one rental house or maybe another rental house? Well, once again, various deductions can be missed. Income can be missed. Every time you get one of those rent payments, you got to record it somewhere. You got to track it. Expenses for that home. You need to make sure that you're tracking those expenses uh, correctly for that home and also doing them correctly because as you work on a rental home, there are various areas that come in mind, well, various expenses, some that can be expensed and others that aren't considered an expense, but could be considered like a capital improvement so that instead of being able to expense it, you may have to take it over time. But there's all kinds of different rules in there that apply with a rental house, which once again, if not done correctly, could, could just kind of put a gray cloud over you until hopefully three years pass and you're good. Oftentimes, also what happens in a rental house, and I've seen this and I've had to fix this, is that depreciation is wrong because you got to depreciate the house. And then another area is that then there's the land. You have the home and the land. You got to separate the home and the land when you do the depreciation because the home itself is depreciable, but the land isn't depreciable. So there has to be a separation there. And then once you figure out, okay, I got to depreciate the house. This is how much I'm going to depreciate on the house. Then you got to do the correct method. And that's important to make sure that's done because down the road, should you sell this rental house, how much depreciation you've taken affects uh, what's considered uh, gain on the home some of that is recovered. That's a whole nother discussion getting into that. Uh, when we talk about a sale of assets, but just think about that on a rental home, getting all those points correct, as well as some people who perhaps they rent homes and they get uh, uh, people who rent, who go through HUD and they get 1099s. Once again, got to make sure those are all accurately reported. Just some key areas to keep in mind if you're using do-it-yourself software, but one of the areas that I have mentioned some here is about depreciation, which is various and opens up a whole can of worms if you're trying to do your own taxes through tax, uh, through do-it-yourself tax software, because 
these areas can be missed and oftentimes have to be corrected. So you're sitting there listening to this program, depreciation, what's that? Why do I have to worry about that? Well, according to the IRS and the Internal Revenue Code, yes, you do have to worry about it. But what do I take depreciation on? Well, these are assets that are going to benefit the business more than just day-to-day activities. It's usually your, your bigger assets like your building, could be a vehicle, could be some type of manufacturing piece of equipment. Well, we're talking farm tractors, uh, combines, uh, tractor trailers that are used in the trucking industry. Can a large area of items fall into these assets that you take depreciation on? So then, what's how do I calculate that then? Well, there's a whole chart, but a whole series of charts with the IRS, but there are three factors that come in. You have the applicable method that goes with it, the applicable life, and the applicable convention. All of those have to be figured correctly. And that's just the start. And then you got to think about the cost of the property. How much does the property cost you? Did you pay any sales tax? How about freight, installation, testing? All of those calculate into what's known as the basis of the asset. And then if you have real estate, that you're buying. You bought a building. You get the closing statement. While there's additional items on the closing statement that can also add to that basis of the building. And now here's the real interesting part. Say if you had a home that you lived in for a while, then you moved out and then you decided you wanted to turn that home into a rental home. Well, There's other rules that apply for that basis, that starting point then, when you convert something from personal use to business use. So then what can you do now? Well, you just work at it and you get it figured and consult a tax professional. Now, keep in mind that when we deal with depreciation, we can only deduct property that you legally own. You can't depreciate something like if you're renting a building, you cannot deduct that building. You just pay the rental payments. That's your deduction. So it has to be a property that is legally owned by you. Also, it can begin when you actually have the property ready to use in business. That is vitally important because I've encountered this in prior years. And in those years, what has happened is that I've had salesmen from certain companies tell one of my clients, oh, by the way, here's the invoice so you can take it off your taxes for the year. And according to the rules and the Internal Revenue Code, that is not possible. And I had to sit here and explain to the client and ask the client, okay, yeah, you gave me the invoice, but do you have the property? Do you have the lift? In this case, it was it was a, a lift for uh, that that the, that you use in auto repair shops. Do you have the lift? And I told them that if you do not have the lift, it has to, ready to use, then we cannot take the depreciation on that item. Now, the individual wasn't very happy about it, but I have to abide by the rules, and those are areas where. It can affect you if you're trying to do the taxes yourself and someone tells you that and the software you put it in and the software just lets you take it off. Then if, once again, upon audit, you could you could be denied that deduction. So just some rules to keep in mind is that you can take the depreciation, but you have to have the equipment or the property, you have to have that property available for use. You may not have used it yet, but it has to be available for use. That part is absolutely, it's necessary to be able to take it off. There, I mentioned a little bit about the applicable life. And every item in the Internal Revenue Code has a life, a certain life assigned to it for depreciation purposes. And The most common ones that we work with are five years, seven years uh, for equipment, powered equipment and 
uh, non-powered equipment like trailers. In 27 and a half years, which is mainly for residential buildings, and then also 39 years for commercial buildings. There's other lives that uh, fall into there, which we'll mention a few of those in a little bit, but those are the most common ones that I encounter. And sometimes I encounter three years as well. So then next question you may be asking is, how much depreciation can I take? (laughs) Well, my answer to that question is always, it depends. Well, why is it? Why does it depend? Well, it depends on each person's individual tax situation. Now, the reason I say that is as a tax professional, someone brings in or buys an equipment. What I do is I look at their overall tax situation. I don't think just of what we're going to do for this year, but I think years down the road, because if they have a $100,000 piece of equipment that they purchased and they have $50,000 of profit in their business, do they, want it, do they want to completely expense that? Is that going to be a full benefit to them? Well, it could benefit them in the year, but it'll leave them a net operating loss. But the problem is, especially in the sole proprietorship or a farmer, that net operating loss does not offset self-employment tax in prior, well, in future years. It doesn't offset that. So that's really of no benefit to take the whole item. And the reason I mentioned this about taking the whole item is that under current rules, there's a deal called bonus depreciation, which when you buy certain equipment that have property lives dimensions from three to 20 years, when you buy any of this, you are required to take bonus depreciation, which is 100% of the property under current rules. And that, and that would be whether it's new or used you have to do it. So then what do you do if you don't want to take it? Well, then myself as a tax professional, after we sit down and we discuss it and we look over your own situation, taking this bonus, no, we don't necessarily need to take it. What we do is we elect out of it and we would elect out because in most situations that I've encountered, it's to the client's benefit to elect out. Now, why do we do that? Well, we do that because oftentimes with that, that allows us more freedom in how much we can deduct. We can, but we have to elect out by year. So we can elect out by all five-year property. We can elect out all seven-year property, but we do it by length of period. And the reason we do that is because we need more freedom. Is that we have $50,000 profit, we got a $100,000 piece of equipment. We don't want to, we don't want to take that $100,000 piece of equipment all in the year because that's not going to benefit us in future years. As well as it's important, one of my big areas I always warn people, especially if you're a self-employed farmer or sole proprietorship, is that you need to pay some social security tax. You need to pay some self-employment tax. We don't want to be having losses every year because you want to get those uh, social security credits. You want to avoid zero years. You want to make sure you, you get some of it in there. So at least pay some. So what we do is that instead of taking all that piece of equipment off, so you don't pay any tax because we've got to think about it. We've got to pay social security and Medicare tax because as a self-employed person, that's your contribution is self-employment tax. And oftentimes uh, bonus depreciation will, will knock you out of that. And I try to really work with people. And that's another difference with a tax professional. A tax professional will Think about those kind of things for you in advance and say, hey, you know, you need to be thinking about this down the road. Uh, We need to make sure we pay at least this amount of self-employment tax. And thus, by not overtaking uh, the uh, depreciation in a year, I actually do my clients a favor by making sure they pay some Social Security tax. Now, many times they don't pay income tax because uh, they pay just enough self-employment tax to get their credits and to get the get what they need for Social Security, but yet we keep them below that filing threshold so that they don't pay any income tax. And so that's always a good thought to take in mind. And so what do we do then? We've elected out a bonus depreciation for this uh, piece of equipment. So what we do is we then take, okay, 
what's known as Section 179 on qualified uh, three to 10 year property. Now, what's great about Section 179 is that we can choose the amount we want to take, which oftentimes what I do is I take just enough to, to bring it down so that the individual can still play the self-employment tax uh, toward their Social Security and Medicare. And then what's great is that then they still have uh, the five or seven or 10-year life of, the, of what's left to take on that uh, equipment over the next few years as well. Thus, it benefits them to offset self-employment tax and to give them expense in a future year over the next three, four, five, 10 years, they're going to use that piece of equipment. They're still getting a tax benefit from that piece of equipment. So it's very important to really, when you look at this, do-it-yourself taxes, doesn't think about these things. And so I always try to encourage my clients and I encourage those who, who contact me, who want to have a free mutual exploration session to get these advanced consults, which is what my success plans when I talk about these, these planning sessions like this are a part of this. To be able to have these consultations with your tax professional when you're buying a piece of equipment or whatever, say, hey, how long can I take on this? Well, you can take five years, you can take seven years. Uh, we may be able to take bonus on this or well, maybe we want to elect out of bonus, but maybe we, we want to take uh, some section 179 instead. So it's just all of those areas where it falls in for those to be able to really be affected. And we really want ones to, to be aware of that when they make those. But that, yet sometimes what happens in place of that planning is that sometimes because of how we just overlook things or we trust software completely, sometimes what happens then is the depreciation is completely overlooked or it's totally miscalculated, which I've had that happen. I've had individuals bring in a prior year tax return or prior two, two years tax returns, depending what they're doing, especially this happens on rental homes, but it happens on sole proprietorships as well, is that. I look at the list. I say, where's your depreciation schedule? They look at me and like, what are you talking about? Well, it's because they expected to do it yourself software to do that for them. So I went back and I looked and I calculated. I says, well, this tax return has a depreciation wrong. And oftentimes it's wrong because the wrong uh, period of time was taken because you can have a rental house, for example, that's a 27 and a half year life that the depreciation is taken over in a straight line period. So what you got to do, or at least what I got to do is I got to go back and fix that. And really to fix that depreciation and to make sure you get the proper calculations, you really need to have a tax professional. And so depending on what the time frame is, if it's within the last three years, uh, usually we can fix it. We just got to go back and we got to amend all three years tax returns to make sure the depreciation is right on each year, which basically what that means is that depending on circumstances, the individual may either have to pay additional tax in, or they may get a refund. It just really depends. Every situation is different. Now, what if it's more than the three years? Well, that's a whole nother area. Sometimes I've been to classes where individuals talked about they had an individual come in who had been renting their house for 10 or 15 years, no depreciation taken on the home. Zero. How do you fix that? Well, you can't go back and amend 10, 15 years of tax returns. And you're not going to go back and amend what's called the open years, which is like the three years. What you're going to need to do is, once again, you need to be at the tax professional to help you to fix this. And all those years, those 10 to 15 years, can all get caught up in the, on the current year's tax return but there's an additional form that has to be filed. It's a form where you're filing a change in accounting method, which what that does is that then you take all that depreciation you're supposed to take over those years and you put it all on that form and you also claim it on the tax return. But one thing I always tell ones is that I really don't encourage you to try to do that by yourself. You really need to have the tax professional. So what's the conclusion as we go through all of this uh, information, a lot that I've covered today, and really in just scratching the surface, just, I mean, I've just touched the surface on depreciation, really, because it's, it's such a very broad, a very extensive topic, because there's a lot of uh, 
uh, intricacies with it. There's a lot of calculations with it, a lot of uh, just a lot of information that you got to consider when doing it. And, and so as a tax professional, I keep up with this. I work to keep up with this constantly because it does change. And there's so many different items in there, but you got to be able to do it. So think about this. You forget something with do-it-yourself tax software. Who's going to help you fix it? Well, one thing is you can't count on the IRS to help you to fix it because currently they're not doing a very good job answering their phone. Is a software company going to help you? I don't know. What I can tell you, though, is that by using a tax professional who is available year-round, that's who can help you fix issues. And another area to keep in mind is that you're more likely not even going to have these issues exist because a true tax professional, what they will do is that they will make sure they ask you the questions. They will make the suggestions. The tax professional will help you to plan, help to work with you. Now, of course, you got to cooperate with that tax professional when they ask for certain information. Make sure you provide that information. Communication back and forth with your tax professional is absolutely essential. And then uh, if you get any notices from the IRS, make sure you get them to the tax professional as quickly as possible. That way those... uh, Uh, can be resolved. And so that's why in our particular business here, as I work with individuals, uh, it's very important that we sit back, we communicate, we work. And as I was telling individuals, I speak to uh, clients, especially ones that are having a good year, you got to make the time. You got to make the time to sit down with me because we want to minimize your tax. And we can do that, but we have to be able to sit down and go over this. So once again, just the tip of the iceberg covered today. And at Cash Tracks Financial here, we work. I personally work with all the clients. We get some information in. We process it. We help you to make your taxes as least taxing as possible. Now, each of us have goals, or at least we want to have goals. We want to help you to establish goals on an individual basis or a business basis. And when we go to work that, usually what it includes, especially if you're a business, we want to help you not just in your tax work, we want to help you in your accounting work. Because by bringing your accounting and your tax work together, we can help you to achieve those goals and help to minimize taxes. And that's what's really nice about our cloud-based accounting is that you can put in information, we can put information, we can fix it, and we can know where you are each and every month so that your business is uh, not just surviving, but your business is thriving. And so what we sit down, we sit down with you, and we really want to help you to do this now. An area that I didn't mention too is I looked at do-it-yourself softwares here. I mainly talked about Uh, sole proprietorships, farmers, rental homes. An even scarier thing when it comes to do-it-yourself software is when you try to do it with a corporation, a partnership, or an LLC, which those forms are even more complicated than the 1040 forms that we just talked about, the schedule uh, C, E, and F. Those are just, those are challenging enough. But then you add in all the questions for a corporation, a partnership, an LLC, an S-Corp. There's a lot more areas that fall right in there, questions that need to be answered, uh, proper application of what, uh, of expenses. You get into a compensation for corporate officers. You get into guarantee payments for partners in a partnership. And then on flow-through entities, you got, of course, your S-Corps partnerships, making sure K-1s are correct to go out to partners. So you really need to, and I strongly recommend that you use a tax professional for these. The cost of, what, the cost of that will be well worth peace of mind. Can we put price on peace of mind? No, we really can't. What we need to do is just realize that sometimes we just, don't, we just don't need to do it ourselves. We need help. Uh, 
I mean, I get help with a lot of uh, areas in business myself. We do outsourcing. And so we outsource your accounting. You can outsource those things because in the real, really big scheme of things, instead of taking a weekend to work on your taxes or to organize your accounting or even do it during the week, uh, how much could you go out maybe on a Saturday instead of working on that stuff, go out and do what you do. Make money at what you know that'll pay for the tax professional to be able to do your work. So that's what we're doing there. And that's what we're encouraging you to do is to, ma- is to take steps, and which is what we're here to do is to help you to manage the steps, to take action, and to be able to do what you need to do and make your money, be successful, understanding what you want. Take the steps. Take the action items. Let's build a plan together. We can sit down, build a plan, go over your expenses, build a plan, give year-around solutions to you. Now, that's what's really nice when we come together, work on a business bundle plan here, is that not only do we look at your your taxes, uh, your accounting, because I am also licensed for life insurance and investments, I understand those areas and understand how those can come in and impact. Uh, We can help you with retirement plans. Even if we don't do it through this office, we can help you to say, okay, here's an individual you can look at to do that with, to help you out in that matter, to help set up a retirement plan, especially if you're you're in another state, that's very important there. And all of these are very important items to keep in mind. So then, yes, I certainly want you to reach out uh, to me, Marcelino Dodge, I'm an enrolled agent here, Cash Tracks Financial. Go beyond do-it-yourself software. Don't just rely upon it to do your tax return. Get with a tax professional like myself, an enrolled agent or a CPA who does taxes so that you can get it done right. Have peace of mind. And yes, I always invite you to contact me for your free mutual exploration session uh, you can, it's email, which is success at cashtracksfinancial.com or call me at 844-394-4287 or visit cashtracksfinancial.com to schedule your free mutual exploration session. Again, I truly appreciate your listening to today's program and look forward to talking to you again here on the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding